Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay, good morning folks, so good to see you. Um, For you folks online, I don't know if you're able to see just how different it looks in the room this morning with the seats set differently, but it looks good. You people look good. Uh, The half of your face that I can see, you look good. And uh, really throughout this whole series, we've been talking about returning, and uh, we, we know that we're in a time of culturally returning to something. We're able to return to visit people in homes. We're able to return to cafes, to restaurants. And, and there's lots of lit, little bits and pieces that we've been able to do over the past number of weeks. And of course, we're all praying that that just keeps happening, right? We all want it to keep moving that direction. But really what we've been talking about throughout this series is in a moment where we are culturally returning to something that feels like what is normal, we want to ensure that as we're doing that, that our hearts return to be more like the Father's heart at the end of it. The last thing we want to do is simply just return and resume everything that we did before and remain unchanged. We want to make sure that we are more like the Father and our hearts look more like Him because what would we have gained if simply we're just able to do the same activities that we did but we have remained unchanged? And really that's the heart of everything that we are looking at so that we can be prepared as people to return not just physically but spiritually to what it is that God has in store for us for the time that's coming. And we believe that he's moving. We believe that that amazing things are already happening. We believe that more is coming as the kingdom of God is advancing. And I have the privilege of hearing stories of people giving their yes to Jesus, of, of turning up in different spaces and actually seeing transformation in their lives. And I just believe that that's the start. We've always had the privilege of seeing it here, but I believe that more is coming and it's up to all of us, isn't it, that we want our hearts to reflect his goodness. Now, today we're going to be reading an interesting part in the story. We've been looking at this part of the the story in Scripture where the children of Israel have returned from exile, have returned from their lockdown, and they've come back to Jerusalem. And it's kind of a complicated piece of history because there there isn't all of the, it's not like chronological, there's not like one book that you can just read all the way through and that tells you the story. There's a number of different books in the Bible that pick this up. And I'm going to read in a minute just from a part of the Scripture in a book called called Nehemiah, which is probably a part I'm guessing that not many of us in this room have spent hours and hours reading. It's not the kind of passage that you can't wait to pick up and read. Uh, And so I'm not actually going to read all of it today, but it's an interesting part. So I'm going to read to you from Nehemiah chapter 3, and I'm going to read the first four verses this morning. And this is what it says. You'll find out quickly this is probably why you haven't read it. Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zachar, son of Imri, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hassanah. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Meramoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakoz, repaired the next section. Next to him, is it going well? Next to him, Meshulam, son of Berechiah, the son of Meshababel, made repairs. And next to him, Zadok, son of Banna, also made repairs. Do you want me to continue? I've got 27 verses more of names that are in there. 
This is one of these sections in scriptures that when we get to it, we just don't know what to do with it. In fact, I've heard rumors that some of you, if you're doing Bible in one year, actually really like it when you get to the section because you skip it so you can get ticked off for that day. Is that true? <laughs> Maybe that's just other churches, probably not here. Um, but, so actually, so what we did just to help all of us this morning is we compiled the list of names and what they did on the screens for you today. So just in case you haven't ever read through, um, you can look and you can see the, the names and, uh, and who was the, the son of who and who was whoever to who uh, and what exactly they did. Now, you might be asking a question today or you might have asked a question if you've read parts of the scripture before and you might say, what relevance does that have to me today? What relevance does that have to me today? What, what do I need to know about Hashab, Azariah, and Binui, right? It's maybe good, it, maybe you're pregnant and expecting and you're looking for names for your baby. Maybe that's why this has been included in Scripture. Well, actually, there is a reason that this has been included. I think there's a couple of reasons, and it's linked to what we want to talk about today in a return to serve. Now, I actually have to give a special thanks today um, to, to Becky, daughter of Nigel and Benjamin, son of Matthias, uh, for their help in pulling together today's talk because they've helped me research this. I think the first thing what we need to remember with a passage of scripture like this is why all this activity was taking place. So why was all this activity taking place? Why were they building walls and sheep gates and dung gates, dung gate, who would like that to be in their address? And why were all of these things happening? Well, here's the thing, they were rebuilding Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the holy city. It was the city where God dwelt. This was before Jesus came to earth. So this was their holy city. This was the center. This is where in years gone by, all the nations would come to meet, to hear from God, to celebrate the different festivals. This was an important place, right? This was, this was the center. This is where it all happened, right? This was like the prom on a Sunday night, even but more than that, okay? This was so important and this was the place where God lived. And over the generations before this, Jerusalem had been rooted and devastated. There'd been wars fought over it. It had been broken down and it had been messed about for generations and generations. And of course, the Babylonians were the last people to destroy Jerusalem. And so the people had returned here because they had a dream to see their city restored. They had a dream to see this city be what God had always intended it to be. And it wasn't just the physical parts of the city. They had a dream that as they did that, that actually God would be restored amongst them. That the people would return to him and they would live their lives for him. They had a massive dream, okay? They had a dream. They had a hundred-year vision and more for this city because they wanted to see it restored. They were bringing life to their city. They were bringing life to their community. That's why they'd come back. Now, that's the same for us, right? For those of you who are part of Cosby Coast Vineyard and based on the North Coast, whether you're watching online or whether you're in person here today, we have a dream to see this community changed. It's not that it's terrible. In fact, we love it, but we know that God has more in store for this place. We know that there's more, that the kingdom of God is increasing and advancing, and so therefore there's more of his kingdom that we want to see here. So we've got a dream to see that increase. We want to see that come. We want to bring life everywhere. We want every sphere, every corner of this community to know the power of God, right? We want to see the succeeding generations be the generations that succeed. 
We always want to pass on increase so that kids growing up in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years will walk into more of the glory and the presence of God than we've been able to experience. We want to practically repair brokenness and we want to prophetically reimagine wholeness. We want to see those things happen here within our lifetime. We want to see what it looks like to have healthy, God-based community. We want to see what that looks like. We want to plant trees today that we won't even see grow. We have a 100-year vision and beyond to see this city come to life. And I know we've said it before. We know Corian isn't a city before you write to us. It's just we want to declare heaven's reality over it, that it would be a city of God, that this would be a community of God. The North Coast, it's so much bigger than just Corian, by the way. It's just because we're based in there right now. But it's so much bigger than that. And here's the thing. To see a dream like that, to, to actually partner with God with that, it takes everyone. It takes everyone, here's the thing, to do something like that, it's not about this stage. Honestly, me or Jenny or Ricky, we are no more qualified to bring life to this community than every one of you guys sitting where you're at or you guys watching online. Or maybe you're watching from a different location and it's not the North Coast that you're seeking to bring life to. Well, well, the truth is it doesn't matter. Whoever's on the stage in your areas are no more qualified to bring life than any of us. We all have our job to play. We all have a part. It's everyone, everywhere, every day. That's how it happens. We don't change communities and cities by better teaching or by better hosting. It's got its part, but that's not the sole way that it changes. It's actually by all of us, 24-7, partnering with the Holy Spirit in what we do. And here's one of the, I think it's probably the greatest joy to me in getting to lead this community along with my wife, Jana, is the stories that we hear of how you guys and girls do that every day. We hear these amazing stories about how you've prayed for people in the workplace or how you've dealt with integrity in your job in the office or whatever it is, and it's incredible. It's the most exciting part, more exciting, honestly, than how many people ever come into a building or, or how many people give or whatever. None of that, honestly. Yes, the, all those things are good, but what's way more exciting is when we see everyone everywhere every day do what God has called them to do. And in fact, over the past couple of weeks, we decided we would interview some of you, okay? So if you weren't interviewed, you don't need to worry. You're not going to pop up in the screen. But we, we asked a few people in our community. We asked Russell uh, Kelly, who's part of our community, uh, and also Bethany Alcorn, just to talk to us a bit about how they bring life, how they do it, everyone, everywhere, every day in their life. So why don't you watch the screens, and we'll hear from them now. Ultimately, I think everything comes from identity. Who I am in Jesus is the ultimate thing. And knowing who I am allows me to express God's love to other people. And how I do that is through business. So at the minute, it's through Score Football Centre here in Coleraine, where I have a passion for football and I have a passion for business. And it allows me to facilitate people to make it like a third space. So beyond home and work, I want this to be a place where people come and feel comfortable where people can talk, where people can have community. Um, and I guess that's what it's about, is showing the Father's love through that. So bringing life is how I express myself. Like for some people that's through business, some people it can be through serving, some people it can be through many different uh, vehicles. My vehicle just happens to be, to be business. I, that's who I feel I am in Jesus. Um, certainly he loves me unconditionally and I have to show that unconditional love to other people. And 
I think in the Bible, well, I know in the Bible it says we are responsible for our talents. You know, we give an account to Jesus at the end of our lives for what we've done. And when I look at the gifts that God's uniquely given me, I think I can offer something in business, um, especially through SCORE uh, and through the other business I run in town, FuelWise. Um, that is why I do those, because they're an expression of who, of the talents God's given me and who I am in Jesus. I love being a mom. <laughs> Um, it has been my dream, literally, to be a mom, gosh, since I was like 12, 11, 12. It has presented um, the biggest joys, but also the biggest challenges. Um, I love the chaos. I love, I mean, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in a swimming pool in my living room. <laughs> So good, right? And we could have filmed any number of people, right? So in that, we covered, hey, someone who's bringing life every day in the business world. We covered someone who's bringing life as a mom. And, uh, and, and so many of you are doing it in those two places, right? So many of you are doing that in your business every day, whether you're an employee or an employer. And so many of you are doing it within your family. And it's so good to hear the noise of kids in the room today. Kids, you are so, so welcome. We love having you amongst us today. But we could have also followed those of you who are doing that through art and other ways in creativity. We could have followed teachers in their day today and how they're bringing life in classrooms and universities and adult learning spaces. We could have followed farmers and how you're bringing life in farming and what that looks like. We could have called, followed those of you who are fitness instructors or involved in sport. We could have done it in any area of society because God's created us with such diversity that he's called us to bring life everywhere we go, right? That was actually what he said to humanity right at the start. That was our task, right? To bring life forth, to multiply, and to look after it. That's what we're called to do. So we all know that. We all know that that's who we're called to be and what we're called to do. And that sounds really good, doesn't it? That we are all people who are called to bring life everywhere. We're called to be people who make a difference. So the same as that list of names we had up in Nehemiah 3, all of those people who are listed there and others who weren't listed were there to bring life to their city. That's what they were there to do. Here's the thing though, practically, it doesn't sound as grand as that. Actually, when you get into the everyday moment, sometimes it doesn't always feel like we're bringing life. Right, you saw a glimpse of it there. So you've got Bethany talking about bringing life as a mom, but she's sitting in a swimming pool in her living room. There's chaos around her. And I'm sure there's days for Bethany and for any of you who are moms or aunts and uncles or grandparents, whatever um, way, way that relationship works, there's days where it's just chaos and you just dream about five minutes of peace. And it doesn't feel like bringing life. It feels like survival. And business, right, sounds great, you know, bringing people to life, releasing them into everything that God has for them. But then you have to deal with a customer complaint, an employee just having a hard time with you. You, you have the stress of looking at the, the finances at the end of the month and wondering how you're going to put together the next month. And sometimes it doesn't feel like you're bringing life. For teachers, sounds great educating the next generation and releasing them into all that God has for them. But then you've got issues that are going on at home in those kids' lives. Kids shouting at you in the classroom, kids who can't focus. You've got targets that you have to hit. You've got angry parents because the Zoom call didn't work out well over the last year. 
and sometimes it doesn't feel like you're bringing life at all, and you could multiply that out into every area of society or everything that we do. And you know what? For this crew in Nehemiah, it was exactly the same. They had returned to bring life to their city, but do you know what bringing life to their city looked like? It didn't look like each one of them setting up their own blog, talking about how they could bring life to the city, or their own Instagram account, hashtag bring life to the city, or tweeting inspiring quotes, right? It looked like building a wall by the dung gate, right? By the way, I'm all for blogs, Twitter, and Instagram before you write one about me. It's all good. But I'm saying it can't just stop there. They were there to build a wall. You see, their desire was to bring life everywhere, but they were prepared to serve anywhere. So their desire was to bring life everywhere on a grand scale, but they were prepared to serve anywhere. You see, for most of them, they were not builders. That was not their day job. In fact, we, again, on the screens, we've highlighted a few verses that tell you the jobs that these people did. And actually, they were doing all sorts of jobs. Go on, screen. There we go. So we see we've got high priests, we've got goldsmiths, we've got perfume makers, we've got rulers of different districts that was helped by their family. We've got another goldsmith, more merchants that were there. These were not trained builders. These were not people who said, we will build Jerusalem because we are builders. That's what we are called to do. No, each one of them had a job, a career, and a dream that actually was nothing to do with building a wall. That's not why they returned. In fact, I think this is probably the reason that we see this list in Nehemiah 3. I think it's to highlight to us that it's going to take everyone to transform cities, that it's going to take every hand, and it's going to mean that those of us who might feel like, I don't know if I can build a wall because I'm a high priest, (laughs) actually, you're involved too. We get to build walls together. I think that that's why it's there. Everyone did what it took. Their call was to bring life to the city, but what it looked like was laying down their life for the city. Their call was to bring life to the city, but what that looked like every day was laying their life down for the city. And again, it's the same for us. We have a desire, as we've already said, to bring life to this community, to this city. But actually what that looks like is not always grand and brilliant and big. Sometimes it just looks like laying our life down for the sake of the city, for the sake of the people in this community. We show up and we serve, right? And we do that in a scattered way everywhere, every day. But we also do it gathered as well in this space, and on this site, and serving our community through that way. So, I mean, for those of you guys who are in person, I'm going to start with you today. So when you came, my guess is you either walked in or you drove in today. And do you know that there was, there was probably someone holding the sign somewhere, welcoming you, waving at you, and someone who helped you to park your car? Do you know that they were people who gave up their time to do that? They're not employed. They chose to serve us in that kind of way. Do you know that there, when you came, there was people on the steps? I know, because I was out there with them. Uh, just for about two minutes, I got a bit cold. Um, and they were holding signs and welcoming you into the building today, that there were people on the computers to register you and sort out the problems that we all had whenever we couldn't register and we thought we'd register, but we didn't know if we'd register. They were there serving us today. When you came through those doors, there was people helping you to the seats. More people today, because we're trying to work out the new seating system. And there was people who set out those seats before uh, today even came. Uh, if you're online, online guys, you know that we've got, I think, ooh, four, five, six 
uh, members of team who are running around with either cameras or upstairs switching or mixing sound or doing all sorts of things so that it can be accessible for us to watch online today. We've got online hosts who are helping to welcome you. There's an online prayer team. And we've got all of our worship team. Other than uh, Joel, who's part of staff, the rest are volunteers, I believe. And uh, there's so many other jobs that I'm completely missing out. People who are looking after our safety, fire safety, safeguarding, and all sorts of other jobs that I've completely forgot. And they're doing that and laying their lives down so that we get to come in and experience life. In fact, we've put a list of their names up, just like we have in Nehemiah. There you go. So if Nehemiah was writing this about today and just this Sunday, that's what they would say. We've got Haley, daughter of, hmm, and she was doing this, hopefully not by the dung gate. And they would go through, and, and that's, that's kind of what it is, right? Now, here's the thing. For most of the names that are on this screen, and we could have included people who serve in food bank and, and all sorts of different places. There's so many different um, teams that we weren't able to include there. But, but you know what? I, I bet you for some of them, let's take, um, let me see, let's take Ethan on ProPresenter. Ethan is the guy upstairs who is pressing those buttons so that these screens come up, right? And Ethan is... 16? Am I right, Ethan? 15? 17? 17? Ethan is Ricky's son, by the way. So, um, uh, but here's the thing. When Ethan was about six years old, I bet you he wasn't sitting thinking, my dream to bring life to the city is that one day I'll be able to stand upstairs and press buttons. Right? That one day, <laughs> oh, he says it is. No, that's okay. <laughs> But, but I bet you that wasn't his dream, right? Or we could pick someone else, like someone serving in food bank in a December evening when it's freezing in one of the external sheds and they're labeling food. They're not sitting there going, finally, I've reached the pinnacle of my walk with Jesus. This is all I've ever dreamed about. No, that's probably not at all what they're thinking. But here's the thing. There are people who are prepared to serve anywhere but bring life everywhere. They're saying, we're showing up because we'll serve anywhere and we'll bring life everywhere. Because there's a cost to serving. There's a cost to laying our lives down. It costs us something. Each member of that team that's on the screen here, they turned up at a time where some of us were still in bed, right? I know the worship team, you guys get here at like half seven, eight o'clock to be ready for us at 11.30. Right, for most of us, we're really glad that they do that, aren't we? Like, that's a really good thing <laughs> that they do that because they'd sound terrible if they didn't turn up and practice. But that's a cost on a Sunday morning when lots of them are maybe working 40 hours that week as well. It's a cost. They lay their lives down so we can do it. It's why so many of us don't, I've got to be honest. <laughs> because serving and returning to serving is hard work. And as we look back to Nehemiah 3, to those people, what we find as we've read through the story and, and, and over the past number of weeks we've covered this, is what they were doing was hard work. It actually cost them in so many ways. In fact, it was hard work, so they, would, they sweat. They were under attack from people, so they were under threat. And we find out that most of them went into debt, right? Becky Hammond made that rhyme up, by the way, so you can congratulate Becky. Um, but again, a couple of verses are going to pop up on the screen just in case you don't believe me. But, but we have actually, they, they had to work with, did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. Right? Most of us aren't doing that if we're serving in the car park team or in our kids' rugby squad, I hope. <laughs> right? And they went into debt. They were saying, we, we actually, this is costing us to serve. And there's a cost to laying our lives down. 
And of course, we can look at this in Nehemiah, but really, I think what I want us to focus on today is the fact that we ultimately see this modeled in Jesus. We ultimately see it modeled in him. You see, Jesus came with the kind of ultimate bringing life to not just the city, but to the world, right? That he had the ultimate kind of job title in that, that Jesus was coming to bring life for not just 100 years, but for reality and into eternity, right? He was coming to bring an all things new reality. He was coming to bring life not just to his city, but to the entire world, all right? He, he had the biggest bringing life to the city kind of task that he was given. Like, imagine, imagine for each of us if God actually just came to us and stood with us in our room, and he said this. He goes, I want you to come and bring life to the entire world so that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess the name of Jesus. And, and I want you to do that. I want you to defeat the powers of the enemy and I want you to come and do this incredible thing so that there'll be an all things new reality and that many will get saved. How many of us would think, yeah, I'd love that job, right? Anyone? Hand up. <laughs> Just a few of you, some of you are like, I'm not so sure. But that's the kind of stuff our heart leaps at. We want to make that kind of difference in our lives. And so let's imagine we said yes, and then God says, okay, I'm going to email you through the job description. And that'll just give you some details of what your day-to-day -day is going to look like. And, you know, a few minutes later, the job description comes through, and you print it off. And this is what it says. Okay, job description. Bring life for all of future. Point one. The first 30 years of your life will be spent in obscurity. You'll mainly go to school and you'll learn how to make tables and build other stuff. It's not started great. I'm sort of hoping for more of an impact in my first six months, but actually I've got 30 years of obscurity. Then for the next three years, you will get to do some lots of supernatural ministry and teaching. Good, that's, that's what bringing life is. But you'll also clean feet, hang out with lepers, Avoid getting beaten up, argue with religious leaders, be called lots of names. You'll lead a team which is one guy who's gonna sell you out. The rest won't really ever fully understand what you're doing. Oh, and then the final point is you're gonna be whipped, punched, and ultimately crucified on a cross. I feel a bit convicted for sometimes not wanting to stack chairs after a service, right? He was bringing life but his day-to-day -day was cost. He came to serve, and he says it himself. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. You see, here's the thing. When we, when we come to talking about serving in church, uh, something will happen in most of us, especially if we've been a part of the church for a number of years. If you've been a part of the number of years, and, and, and as soon as you see the word serving, you're like, oh, here they go. Here they go, they're about to talk about serving, and there's two kind of things that happen in us. And part of it is because pastors like me have talked about this from the front, and whether consciously or, or unconsciously, we've done something. And the first thing that we've done is that we've guilted people into service. So we've kind of used phrases like, well, you got a good welcome. Would you give that away to someone else? Your kids use all the kids' ministry, so I think you should think about pulling on one of those T-shirts and serving. Or we change it around and we say, do you know that if we don't stand up and serve, those kids will all get hooked on drugs? Like they'll all fall into, you know, obscurity. And if you would only pull on that T-shirt, you would change their life. 
And because we're good people, we do it, right? So we think, I don't want kids to all get into drugs. I'll serve in kids' ministry. But the reason we signed up wasn't because our heart had changed. It was because we felt guilty. And we walked into it. So sometimes in churches, I've got to be honest, that's what's happened. People have felt guilted into be someone who serves. Or the other way around, what's happened is we've said, hey, uh, do you know what? God won't bless your life unless you serve in church. And you say, but I, I, I serve my kids' football team. I'm part of a neighborhood garden force, and we go around and tidy up all, all the edges, or we, we knock doors and, and we give cakes out to people. Surely God would bless that. Well, not, not in the church. If it's not in the church, God can't bless it. And so I have to give up all my cake baking and I have to give up volunteering here so that I can stand and press that button upstairs with Ethan because God will now bless me. I need to let you know that couldn't be further from my heart today. I don't want any of you to hear that from this. I don't want anyone to hear that. Couldn't be further. We should never be guilted into serving. And if that ever happens to you around here, just come and find me, email me and say, I was guilted into it. And we'll talk to that person who guilted you into it because that's never what Jesus calls us to do. And we never want you to give up bringing life to this community where you're serving everyone everywhere every day so that you can come and press a button to register someone in. We never want you to give that up today. We want you to bring life. But here's the thing. Our job as your pastors is to call all of us to ensure that we're laying our lives down to be more like Jesus. That's all we're doing. And so that means that we are called to serve, whether that's out there every day or and in church. And so many of you do both. So don't hear guilt today. Don't hear God won't bless you unless you serve in this building or on a Wednesday night at Food Bank or whatever it is. That's not it at all. But all we're saying is it is so important that all of our hearts are surrendered to serve. That includes me. That includes every one of us in this room. And I guess today what we want to do is we want to, Give that call that all of us, whether we're in person or whether we're watching online today, is that call to say, hey, are we ready to lay down our lives for the sake of the kingdom? Are we ready to do it? Do we understand that bringing life to the city, everyone, everywhere, every day, also means laying down your life every day and serving anywhere? Well, you'll remember earlier on, we heard from Russell, we heard from Bethany, and we're going to hear from them again, as well as our friend John, and they're going to answer this question, why do I serve? So why don't you watch the screens to hear their response to that? I started serving because I, I needed, I needed to get to know people, which was interesting and nerve-wracking at the same time, because I'm, I'm not... Although, although I love people and I love to, you know, be in the middle of the action, um, it's not in my nature to be like the outgoing one to like say like, yeah, I'm just gonna go up to this stranger and you know, have a conversation with them. It's scary. <laughs> it's scary, and I and I, I um. I knew I needed to have an outlet to, to get to know people because I was the stranger. I was the stranger and I knew I needed to step out and, and get to know people other than my husband. I think maybe one of the reasons I didn't volunteer in the first place was that I didn't necessarily think I would enjoy it. Um, I kind of didn't really see the point in a way. <laughs> Sounds kind of weird, but, um, but I think what I've got from it has been really fulfilling um, and a lot of the people that I've, I've met um, 
and who, who I only see because of, of the volunteering that I do. You know, like you, you meet people who you meet, meet on a regular day-to-day -day basis. From uh, someone who attended the church for so long, um, maybe a couple of years, you see people running about all the time. So you never really think that there is a, a need for anyone new, I guess. Um, whereas actually you chat to some of the guys and they're like, oh yeah, we're always looking for new volunteers, you know? Um, so once you learn that, then you're kind of like, oh, okay, well maybe, maybe I can do this or delve into this or try something new. I've been part of Culture Coast Vineyard with my wife, Figgy, for 15 years. And every time we come in, we get the most amazing welcome. And I think sometimes it's easy to forget that you come into this amazing welcome every Sunday uh, and just be part and take what's going on on a Sunday to receive from the teachers at the front, from the worship team. And it's good to give something back. For me to serve gives me a chance to give back. And that's the first one is because the team that do such an amazing job for me that I want to do for other people. Um, and secondly, also, I have two boys and a daughter that serve with me and it's good to teach them from an early age not to be a consumerist, but to be a contributor. To know that what they come into on a Sunday or a Saturday is not just thrown together. There's been a lot of effort and time and work has gone into it. And then they get to see behind the scenes, but they also then get to be part of that because as the Bible says, it's, it's better to give than to receive. It's important to make that space to serve. Like, if, if life is about me, then it's meaningless. It's about serving other people. You know, Jesus is the ultimate model. He came and served the world. He, he served his disciples. He washed their feet. Um, I think as Sam says, it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. And, you know, like, to serve in any aspect at, at the church, to give back to perhaps somebody that's coming through the door for the first time or someone who's far from Jesus just to make them feel welcome at whatever that is, whether that's being a car park duty or the front door or whatever, sign in. Everything's part of a journey to, to lead people towards Jesus. And we just want to show his love and reflect that. And it's just, it's just good to do that. It's just good to give. Just great, right? We should have just had them teaching the whole thing. It would have gone, <laughs> it would have been quicker. Um, but it's amazing, right? And, and you actually get from talking to, to those three that actually w what you find is as hard as it is sometimes to serve, as hard as it might be to maybe leave the house and, and to come and, and serve in whatever area, the cost that that might be, actually what we receive in the middle of it always is more than what it's cost us to give. And that's the way the kingdom works. It's the upside down nature of the kingdom of God, right? Jesus calls us and he, he says, if you, wanna, if you wanna keep your life, give it away, right? It feels wrong, right? If it's, no, 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 Jesus, I think you got mixed up. I think as if we keep our life, we keep it. No, 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 he says when you give it away, you get to keep it. And of course, we don't serve, we don't lay down our lives so that we receive, that, that's not our motivation. But every time we do that, God just can't help but give back. And so what happens and what these guys are, are, are displaying in their interviews is saying, actually, we receive through doing this. Our family gets to feel something. I get connection or something happens. And that's what begins to, to happen when we begin to lay our lives, when everyone everywhere every day begins to do it. And as well as that, we get this opportunity to bless other people. We get this chance to make a difference in people's lives because of the sacrifice that we get to make to do it. That's why serving is so important. And again, that's why one of the greatest joys around here is watching so many of you who do this. 
who do this every day in different kind of spaces. Like the, the guy said earlier on stage, I know some of you might not have been able to serve this past year because the area you served in just wasn't operating. But it makes such a difference to so many people's lives. And we really do want to thank you for all that you do in that. In fact, we did make another video uh, just to highlight a bit of our thanks to you and the difference that you make in people's lives. So we've got another wee video if you want to watch the screens now. You made a way for me. You welcomed me. You helped me to feel part of things when I couldn't be there in person. You pointed me to Jesus. brought hope to my circumstances. You fed me. You clothed me. You helped me when I needed it most. Thank you for bringing us together, from home or in person, this year. <laughs> Sorry, for those of you not in the room, Ricky was making a dive for stage there, but we're going to show that video again at the end, Ricky. Sorry, it's good. It's good enthusiasm. Um, now, how do we respond? How do we begin to respond to something like a talk like that. We've covered an awful lot of ground <laughs> in quite a short space of time. Well, I, we're going to actually respond in two different ways. Uh, firstly, we're going to respond in prayer in just a minute. Because ultimately, this is not about finding people a job. We do want to give you a chance if you want to step in and do that. But, but that's really not what it's about. Uh, the, the first step in this is that our hearts would be surrendered to who Jesus is and who he's calling us to be. That's really the first step. And so uh, really what I'd love to do is I'd love us just to pray um, th that we would be the kind of people that would lay down our lives for the sake of the kingdom. And again, I wanna reiterate once again that this, we don't serve to gain God's affection. We already have his affection, right? So we don't serve for affection, we serve from affection because he already loves us, because, because of that. So we don't do any of that to earn anything. We can't earn any more from him. We do it because he loves us. And so I want to invite you to stand if you can, and we're going to pray, and then we'll get a chance to respond um, practically. Yeah, so why don't you pray? If this is new to you, this is, uh, we just want to ensure that every time we come into the building or watching uh, online, actually we don't just hear about God, that we just don't uh, sing about him, but actually that we meet with him. And so we just want to acknowledge just his presence with us today, and we just want to pray. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come. You might want to close your eyes just so you can focus for no other reason maybe than that. And Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence with us that's resting with us, God. And firstly, God, here's what we want to do. We want to thank you for how you served us. 
even as we've just looked briefly at what it meant, Jesus, for you to come and to bring life so that we could walk into the fullness of it. God, we just want to say thank you for your surrender. Thank you for how you served us. I know you might be here today and maybe you wouldn't consider yourself someone who follows Jesus. You might be watching online today and you, you would say, I'm not someone who follows Jesus. Well, I, just, I guess I wanna just reiterate to you again just how amazing he is that he laid down his life so that we all get to walk into freedom. And all that we've gotta do in that process is we've gotta respond to what Jesus did. And we respond by saying yes to him, by saying, God, I I don't wanna live for myself anymore. I wanna give my heart and my yes to you so that I can lay down my life and walk into the future that you have for me. And so if you are in the room today and and you would say that you're someone who hasn't said yes to Jesus, you, you aren't in a relationship with him, or you're watching online, then while everyone's head is bowed while their eyes are closed in the room, if you wanna just raise your hand, just high enough so we can see it today. And all the, the only reason we ask you to respond like that is because we believe that a moment like that should be marked, that there is a moment of courage and of stepping out to do that. So if you would love to do it, just raise your hand, just high enough so I can see it, so we can pray for you. If you're online, you might wanna put a yes in the comments, or if you're watching on the website, you might be, you'd be able to click uh, on that and let people know that you've responded. We'll just give you just a minute to do that, and if no one raises their hands, that's totally okay. We just wanna make sure we give you that opportunity. Just give you a little minute more. And again, there's no pressure. This is not about guilt. No one is forcing you into this. But if you're feeling God stirring you and stirring your heart today, we'd love to give you that opportunity. Yeah, I think I see a hand down there. God bless you. God bless you. Ah, well, Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for those who have made that decision today. Lord, for those who want to give their yes to you. And if that's you, you might want to just pray a prayer a bit like this. Jesus, I want to thank you for all that you've given me. And I say yes to you today. I ask for your forgiveness, God, for the way that I've lived my life. And Lord, I wanna turn my life around and walk and partner with you from this day forward. God, I know that it doesn't mean that everything will be perfect, but I wanna thank you that I get to walk beside someone who is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and for, for the rest of us, maybe who didn't pray that prayer, we're following Jesus. I'd love you to just put your hand on your heart. Just put your hand over your heart today. You can do that sitting at home as well. And this is the prayer we want to pray. Jesus, we want to surrender our hearts to you. God, we don't want to return to normal life without our hearts returning to you fully, God. And Lord, we don't just want it to be like what it was. Lord, we want more. Lord, we want to surrender every part of our life to you, God. So now, Lord, would you reveal to us, Lord, those parts, Lord, that we need to lay down, those parts that have been holding us back. In fact, as I was praying this morning, thinking about this message, I, I felt that there was actually some of you in the room and, and you, you'd gone through some stuff in your past which made it really hard for you to surrender. 
I'm not going to ask you to respond um, physically to that, but I felt that there were, there were things that happened in your past, and, and, and it's made you guarded, and it's made you think, well, I am going to protect my time, and I am going to protect myself, because, because when you begin to give your life away, people will use it. I, I want to tell you today that that is not the God that I know, that he does not use you or abuse you. He loves you. And so if that is you, I just pray that his healing Holy Spirit, would you just heal hearts, Lord, that have been broken and used in the room or online, Lord, wherever people are watching today. Lord, come and bring your healing, Lord. Bring your embrace around them, Father. Or even those of you, even historically, maybe you've grown up in church and, and you've experienced that guilt or, or you felt that God wouldn't bless your life unless you served within a church building. I want to break that off you anywhere where that's kind of seeped into your understanding and to say that Jesus blesses you to bring life everywhere you go, wherever that is. And so Holy Spirit, we just stand before you, Father, we stand before you and you say, we surrender again. We surrender. We want to be people who bring life everywhere, but will serve anywhere. In your name, amen. So why don't you take a seat? Because we don't want to just respond in prayer, which is really important. That's got to be the first step. But I want to give you a chance to actually respond practically today. And we're going to get a chance to do that in just a minute. Now, here's what I, I want to be clear what you're responding to. When, when I'm going to give you different ways that you can respond, but what you're doing is you're not saying, I'm signing up to a job at Causeway Coast Vineyard, okay? We will give some of you the opportunity to do that if that is the thing that you really want to do. But as we respond today, it's not about, hey, we're going to slap a, a tag on your arm and then that's you serving for the next 90 years and you never get out of it, okay? That's not what's happening. You're not going to get a specific job. Actually, what all we're going to be doing is we want to give all of us a chance to physically respond to say, I'm in. I, I want to be someone who lays down my life for the sake of others. And I think it's actually important that we give a chance to physically respond to that. So you're not signing up to team, you're not doing that. If you're someone at Causeway Coast Vineyard who are already part of a serving team around here, we want to invite you to do that as well. We know that you're already serving, that you're already doing so many things, but we want to give you a chance to do that so that you can respond today. So it's not about getting onto a team, it's about saying my heart is all in. You can do that online today as well, whether you're watching this in India or Canada or wherever it is, you get to respond to this as well. And actually, even if you are watching from those places, you might be able to have a, a way that you can serve around here with our online team as well. So there's lots of different ways that we get to, to do that thing, okay? So, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, there's going to, on the screens, there's going to be different ways that we can respond right now. And here's what we would love you to do. And, and again, this is about serving anywhere, right? Whether that's on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in the community, whether that's a part of the teams here. So you might want to go to our website, causelycoastvineyard.com forward slash serving. You might want to use that QR code and that will take you to the church center uh, where you're able to register for that as well. If you have a, a smartphone and you have the church center app, if you're part of a hub around here, you might already have that. You can do it through events on the church center app. If you don't know how to do any of that, you can email serving at causewaycoastvineyard.com. And if all of those technological solutions, you're just like, no chance, well, then we've got a table at the back. 
and you can go and talk to two of our team back there and they would help you to do that. So I would encourage you to start doing that now. So all you're saying is, yeah, I want a heart that's serving. And then what will happen is that that from that, you will get another invite to an event where we're gonna unpack serving even more. So that means if you're someone who really does wanna find a way to serve as part of Cosby Coast Vineyard, you can come to that event in person or online. But if you never come to that event, it's totally fine. We just wanna give you a chance and for us to see who's saying, yeah, I'm in, so that we can help you with serving, bringing life everywhere, every day. So here's what I want you to do. Why don't you get out a phone if you have it and we want you to do that and give you a chance to respond. And while you're doing that, we're gonna play that volunteer thank you video again just to give you a little bit of space to do it. And then after that, Ricky is allowed to come up uh, along with Jenny and they'll close the service for us this morning. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources, and opportunities, you can check us out at cosmicoastvineyard.com.